It's time to set aside the superficial. It's time to go deeper. It's time to engage in truth. Here's John Bornstein. Well, everybody, welcome back to Engage in Truth. This is John Bornstein. I'm a senior pastor of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church right here in Colorado Springs. And I'm so glad that you are tuning in again today. We are continuing in our discussion that we began a few weeks ago. We started talking about the armor of God. And that led us into a dialogue about the life purpose that God has for each of us. That's right. If we don't know our life purpose, well, we have a chink in our armor because we need to know what we believe and why. And in that, we also discussed that there are several areas that we need to shore up in our lives. We need to be fully armored. And several issues come to mind here. We talked about life purpose, but then we also started in the conversation about communication, love and respect. Today, we're going to continue on in that discussion, examining conflict resolution. And so to help me do that, Dr. Steve Ford is back in the studio with me. Dr. Ford, welcome back to Engage in Truth. Thank you, John. So good to be back. And you know, it was, a, it was a great show. So timely last week, the things that we covered. And of course, not only has the conflict continued, but it's worsened. And for both of us, it's our heart today that we'd like to open the show with prayer, in regards Amen. to, uh, especially in regards to Russia and Ukraine. So you'd bow your heads with me as long as you're not driving. Kind and gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time together, and we lift up the people of Russia and Ukraine for your blessing and watch care and protection and healing, Heavenly Father, over this situation, especially those who are yours, your church. You are the sovereign God, and we know that this grieves you, but we just pray for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit to bless all those involved. May cool heads prevail. May there be a de-escalation in what we're seeing not only in Russia and Ukraine, but as John said, throughout the world, like the beginnings of a conflagration. We just pray for your church, especially your church under persecution, for blessing, protection, strength, and provision. And we thank you for this opportunity to be here together and to praise and worship you. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, it it seems fitting that we would be talking about conflict resolution on the heels of what we discussed last week of Russia and Bible prophecy, but really as an examination as we look at the the Bible prophecy outlined in the book of Daniel and Revelation. There are 18 prophetic books after all. We dare not try to plug a headline into Bible prophecy, but as we see these conflicts escalating around the world, as you just prayed, Dr. Ford, uh, we can do better in all of our spheres to navigate the trials of the day with biblical precision, uh, to understand the heart of God, to work effectively, fervently for the kingdom of God. And that begins right in our own homes. It will cascade out into our workplaces and certainly into our churches where we desperately need unity. And that's something that the Lord Jesus himself prayed over was that we would be one and to strengthen us, that we would operate in one mind and one spirit of worship before him. And we get so easily divided. So today we want to spend our attention on conflict resolution. I know Dr. Ford is probably going to take us a couple weeks, at least on this subject matter. But as we start off this discussion, let me start off with a fun story. It's one that I heard a few years back and I am excited to share it with you. It's about a, a wise man in the Middle East who wants to leave his sons an inheritance. Three sons, in fact. He wants to leave them 17 camels. And to the first son, he says, you will receive half. To the second, he left a third. And to the third, he left a ninth. (laughs) Well, disputes broke out as they grew frustrated with the math. And so they went to a wise old woman. And after some time, she pondered and said, I'm not sure that I can help you, but you can have my camel. 
So now they end up with 18 camels, and the first son then agreed to take his half, which was nine. And this left the second son to take his third, which was six camels, and the third took his ninth portion, which a ninth of 18 is two. And after taking their shares, they realized that they had 17 camels, so they gave the 18th camel back to the wise old woman. And they found that they had just needed a different perspective all along to resolve their conflict. And indeed, we are all one family. All 15,000 tribes on the planet all come from the same two parents. And unfortunately, there's a lot of conflict, so we have to learn how to deal with our differences, how to resolve conflict. I don't think there's anyone listening right now who isn't dealt with conflict, and maybe you're dealing with it right now. Maybe it's escalated out of control, even in your own home, and you're struggling with what do I do? So hopefully over these next two weeks, it will be an encouragement to you. You know, Christians disagree about almost everything, unfortunately. And when we disagree, we usually just go start a new church. May it never be. I mean, there are 41,000 denominations in the Christian faith, and there are 320,000 churches in America. That means, if we do that math, there's about eight churches for every denomination in America. And often these start because of division of some sort, rather than applying what the Bible has told us to do. Even in Matthew chapter 18, we're quick to leave. We don't like something, we just leave rather than being a change agent because quite often we want to avoid any conflict. And so the New Testament itself actually records some of the early arguments among believers because this is something that's been going on since the early church. Unfortunately, we haven't avoided that because of our sin nature that we read about in Romans chapter 7. So when you read in Romans and in 1 Corinthians, you discover that Christians disagree on things like even eating meat that was offered to idols or whether or not to observe the Sabbath day, or whether to eat meat or be a vegetarian, or whether or not to even drink wine. I mean, even in Colossae, the church was torn by controversy over proper role of angels, new moon celebrations, and a proper diet for spiritual Christians. In Thessalonica, the young church was deeply confused about the second coming of Christ, In Philippi, there was evidently a major power struggle within the church, which is why Philippians contains such a strong plea for unity. So, Dr. Ford, I mean, we're just scratching the surface here. There's there's a number of examples that we want to cite here from the Bible on how to navigate these very divisive matters, but I know you've spent a lot of time on this particular subject, and you were actually very excited to to touch on this. Oh, that's so true. we, did, we were discussing this show, and I said, you know, I'm really good at the conflict part. It's the resolution where I struggle. So uh, <laughs> I, I loved that story about the Middle East. I had a little bit of a of a algebra class flashback, though, that was kind of nasty, <laughs> but that is such a brilliant story. Yeah. And even just that little recap about the division in the early church. So the church is really just getting rolling. Right. And already we have division. You know? <laughs> I, I, we I saw know. it you know, early in Acts with, well, who's going to take care of all of these people? You right. know, who's going to wait on the tables and all that sort of stuff? There was you know, division from the very beginning. Yeah. So you know, we see sometimes we see a twist on the words of Jesus in Matthew 18, 20, where he said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. An unfortunate corollary sometimes seems to be that where two or three Christians are gathered together, there's conflict. Hmm. So you know, I've tried to teach my kids the same thing. It's just, you know, conflict is just like oxygen. It's ubiquitous. It's, it's everywhere. It's always <laughs> going to be there. So right. instead of trying to avoid it, we really need to know how to constructively deal with it. Right. One of, the, one of the people I, I really admire, I really enjoy his teachings, Tim Keller. And uh, 
he follows uh, a philosophy of presuppositional apologetics. And when he is using that and he uses it as an evangelism tool, hmm. one of the things that he really likes to do is he's talking with somebody who, who disagrees and may have a different worldview. He doesn't really feel like he has the right to espouse his worldview until he is able to accurately articulate the other person's position to where they, are, they would say, aha, that's exactly what I'm talking hmm. about. Then he feels like that opens a door. The person is then more receptive to hear what he has to say. Right. And so I think that's just a, a general good tool when we're thinking about conflict and, and listening and trying to understand exactly where the other person is coming from. And, Amen. And, and, and really just, um, you know, making them sort of feel, um, you know, welcome into the conversation and that you actually do care. You're not just, you know, faux listening. Right. Another, yeah. another scripture that I really like in, in regards to this and I think it, it really grounds us in our approach as Christians, Philippians 2, 3 to 11. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Amen. So if we start, and that's our, you know, that's our basis, that's our starting point. Yeah. Uh, I, I just think you know, it would nip so much resolution in the bud right there. Yeah, you know, just right. a point of humility. Amen. As you know, we continue on with verse five, it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider a robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Therefore, God has also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven, those on earth and of those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. Amen. So, you know, the Lord just sets such a, a great example of humility as we go in and we deal with other people and we approach other people. It's just so important to make sure that we follow that. Yeah. Amen. And I, I love that uh, you had mentioned earlier when we were preparing for this wonderful discussion today and into next week, I, I love the Matthew 18 principle because right. that's often so overlooked in conflict resolution. He gives us how really the instruction is there. Right. It's just whether or not we choose to be obedient and follow it. Right. Because again, we want to avoid conflict. So it's easier just to say, well, you know, uh, the Lord will take care of that. Right. I'm just going to harbor <laughs> it in my heart, be Instead upset about it, work. never voice the issue right. and hope it just goes away. Right. And really what we've done is harmed ourselves right. because now we've got a wound on our own heart. Uh, rather, what we need to be doing is saying, Lord, help me to communicate with wisdom and discernment how to navigate this very precarious situation, even if it's a, a small issue. I don't know if there is such a thing anymore <laughs> because it's often the issue that what we find happening is that we then lack the gift of communication and respect that should flow through our communication. Then we compound the problem by how we're trying to address the problem. Right, right. And now, now, it, now it's amplified. There's now layer upon layer. And then you wonder, what was the original problem to begin with? <laughs> Because we really didn't navigate it biblically, yeah. and we certainly didn't start in prayer. Right. I think that the easy thing to do is to react. We allow our emotion to dominate our train of thought. We then react with, with anger and bitterness, and we want them to hurt as we're hurting, and now we're dealing with that, right. as opposed to what was it that really started this division in the <laughs> first place? And it's not just some, with one person to another. I mean, it can be groups of people right. to others, and, and then the gossip fosters it and, and, and creates even more 
flame, as we read about in James, that the tongue left unchecked, it it can start like a forest fire, right? right? I mean, it's one of the most deadly weapons. So uh, Dr. Ford, if you could, maybe you could read from Matthew chapter 18. I know you had that uh, as part of your notes because it's a great tool. What you were speaking to reminded me of the old saying that when you find yourself in a ditch, quit Mm. digging. You know, we just keep on going and dig, our, dig ourselves deeper and deeper and deeper. You right, know, and like I said, then wondering how we got there in the first place. Right. So, so this is uh, Matthew eighteen fifteen to 17. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fall between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear it from the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, we know how they viewed tax collectors. Right, right. After all, it is a tax season upon <laughs> us right now. So maybe there's a little bitterness yeah. as we say those words. It resonates. Uh, <laughs> we can understand. Uh, obviously, it was not a, a favorable viewpoint right. um, that we would uh, resort to that as, as a label perhaps on somebody but the message there is quite clear. Uh, you know, you're to try to handle the matter between the two parties going through a, div- a division, a, a conflict of some sort, a lack of agreement on a particular subject. And, and often, Dr. Ford, I think that we get so caught up even on non-essential issues uh, that tends to divide a great deal. I, I would rather that we keep the main thing the main thing. And perhaps we could say, let's explore it further. As you mentioned from Dr. Tim Keller, where you talk about how do I hear what they're trying to say? Sometimes we struggle communicating what we're struggling with. Right. I think that, uh, that we just assume that people are gifted communicators. They should be able to articulate their grievances. And quite frankly, especially when emotion is dominating the train of thought, it gets so convoluted where you just can't even remember your own name. You get so heated in it <laughs> and wondering why you can't articulate you the problem. Yeah, you just want costs. them to be upset yeah, too. Right. I just want them to hurt because they've hurt me. Yeah, exactly. um, and then it's like, what were we fighting over? Uh, and then I think that's where we just need to say, okay, I need to first and foremost go to the Lord in prayer. Like when King David was challenged with his own men, after victory, they come back they find that the places of the campments where they were at were burned. The women had been taken captive. And the men who are capable, mighty warriors want to go and save the day. Let's not delay. Let's go deal with this right now. David's first response was, I'm going to the Lord Such first and foremost. Yeah. I mean, a capable, mighty warrior knew that victory only came if he implored God first. Right. I need to hear from him. And it is he alone who will break down any barriers of us overcoming any obstacle here. He's going to bring down the wall of Jericho, if we can use that imagery there. Whatever that obstacle might be, it could be a Goliath. It is God who brings down those opposing forces. And in this case, it's often an unseen reality that loves to bask in our division. And we certainly know the enemy loves to destroy marriages and churches friendships, the list goes on and on. Any division he could create, he seems to bask in that glory. That's a win for him. We dare not give him that. Amen. And uh, let me just take us here. I think that uh, the Apostle Paul addressed this so well in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 to 23. He says, "For, for though I am free from all men, I have made myself a slave to all, that I might win the more. And to the Jews, I became as a Jew, that I might win Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without the law, as without the law, 
though not being without the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those who are without law. To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I may by all means save some. And I do all things for the sake of the gospel, that I may become a fellow partaker of it. Again, that's 1 Corinthians 9, 19-23. This can often be misused to be a Bible verse that somehow justifies compromise. That's not the issue here. He's talking about the fundamentals of the gospel message that he will go and meet people where they're at. And there's a wonderful illustration of that in Acts chapter 17. And in fact, there we find that the Apostle Paul is is at Mars Hill. And you probably remember that story. And as he's addressing the men of Athens, he sees that, which by the way, was a city that had more idols to false gods than it had citizens. So as he's going up to these philosophers who are gathered at this place called Mars Hill, they're worshiping all these false gods, have statues all around them, these idols, and they have one to what they call the unknown god. So rather than mock them, he allows them to speak and tell them their perspectives. But then he says, let me tell you about the unknown god. So to your point, Dr. Ford, he heard, he listened, and through the wisdom and the discernment of the Holy Spirit, he spoke to them where they were at and introduced them to Yahweh. Right. And that, that takes that, that takes patience, yes. wisdom. Uh, it, it takes an individual who, who understands they're an ambassador for Jesus Christ. And, and I think that's the bottom line here, is that we get lost in trying to win an argument rather than win a soul for Jesus Christ. Yeah, I think what we really see there is Paul loved them. So with that love, he was willing to take the time, make the effort, like you said, just to find that commonality and and speak things to them in a way that they could understand, appreciate, and internalize. Amen. Amen. Well, you had some more information for us. I know time will get away from us because we're going to take this out over the next couple weeks and and try to leave our listeners with, even over the next week or so, some principles to live by and how to address conflict resolution, how to be successful in that. I think that when we apply the Word of God, it is amazing how we will find victory on all fronts, especially in this area, even causing our enemies to be at peace with us. It is possible. The Bible assures us of that. If if we navigate it with precision, it doesn't mean that they'll agree with us. It doesn't necessarily mean that they'll become Christians. But if we communicate with love and respect to all, we will win hearts or at least plant seeds. A door will be open, perhaps, to salvation. That's what we have to be mindful of all times. But I know there's some things that we can learn even from the book of Philippians. Dr. Ford, take (laughs) us through those if you could. Sure. I have to give credit to this. This is an article I read by Peter Kroll on uh, the Gospel Coalition website. And he's talking about uh, Euodia and Syntyche um, from, from the church in Philippi. Mm. And obviously their disagreement had become so strong and so heated. Even the apostle Paul wound up hearing about it uh-huh. and, uh, and basically uh, wanted to appoint a mediator to try to settle these things. Cause he loved both these women. He'd worked with both these women. He, you know, he right. appreciated both of them. Uh, but, it, but this needed to be resolved. Like you were saying before a root of bitterness had time to take hold. Right. Amen. He wanted to get in there and solve this problem. Basically just how to cool things down a little bit. Yeah. So when we look at Philippians, we can see, as Peter Kroll points out, that there are some really helpful tools for conflict resolution. One of the ones that he points to is rejoice in the Lord always, Philippians 4.4. 4. Mm. I think that's so important. It's just to be so grounded in the Lord that it just, you know, it basically affects, makes up it's our worldview. It's the lens through which we see life in every situation. That's true. If we're uh, truly in a spirit of rejoicing, it's hard to then yeah. be drawn back 
That's into right. the mud right. of anger <laughs> and frustration. If we right. learn to truly rejoice and be content in all things, as the Apostle Paul yeah. was, then our our joy is authentic. It's yeah. not manufactured. I'm going to be joyful today. Right. <laughs> I'm going to tell myself to be joyful. I'm not joyful. You yeah. know, it's it's real because we're truly understanding our identity in Christ and the work before us and the fact that we're more than conquerors in right. Him. Exactly. And it, what's not to be joy filled over? <laughs> it's like you've told us before. It's hard to be angry with people that you're praying for. That's right. Amen. You know? The second one would to be to let your reasonableness be known to everyone. That's from mm. Philippians four or five. Remember the Lord is at hand. And so when you think about that, and we're just, you know, we talk about signs of the second coming and all those sorts of things that we're supposed to be looking for the Lord's return. What do we want him to find us doing? Do we want him to find us in the middle of a heated argument that that really is doing nothing to build the kingdom when he comes Mm, back? So I think we need to be mindful of those things. Of course, Philippians is well known for telling us not to be anxious about anything. So don't be anxious about the conflict, but ask God to resolve it. That's right. That's from Philippians 4, 6. The next one, number five, guard your heart and mind with the peace of God, even when it does not make sense to do so. And of course, Philippians 4, 7, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Amen. The sixth one is to find something, anything praiseworthy to focus on in your antagonist, the person that you're having this heated discussion with. Uh, Philippians 4, 8, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And then number seven, find good role models and continue practicing these principles. Mm. You know, Paul has had said, you know, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, imitate that. Amen. Amen. Yeah. He was always trying to live a life that would model Jesus Christ because it's, he's trying to impress upon them. Here's what I learned from Jesus. But if they weren't going to see it in Paul, mm. it would be right. hypocrisy. That's right. He was representing the one he was teaching them about. We don't seem to understand that, that the words we use the behavior that we have. Look, I, I have bowled with my children before, and this is silly. When the, the world seems to be falling apart around us, I have gone bowling with my kids <laughs> and found myself bowling poorly and my attitude changing as a result to right. the point where I'm pouting, quite right. frankly. And and I'm I'm saying things that seem to make sense, like it's okay, it's okay. We we have much to be thankful for. Mm-hmm. As I'm pouting with my arms crossed, right? <laughs> well, so they're seeing the body language, they're seeing the attitude, right. and they're hearing that even what I'm not saying more than the words I'm actually saying. So that's what Paul did was to try to demonstrate living a life of faithfulness unto the Lord at all times, because you're not going to hear it from me unless you see it in me. Right. Yeah. And that's the power of First Peter chapter three, that a wife can even win over an unbelieving husband right. by her behavior, by yeah. the respect she gives to a man who doesn't even know the Lord to win him to the Lord. Yeah, that's powerful. We've before we've seen that with Lee Strobel in the case for Christ. Yeah, amen. That's, you know, that's how he was one of his, the, the change and the gentle spirit in his wife. And I, it was so funny, I was just laughing. I was laughing, not at you, but with you, because <laughs> I've been in the exact same situation myself. Right. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. just it was so funny how some of those things that, that just don't matter can just affect us like that. And that's right. words we're just like, oh man. We're like, I, I'm such a disappointment. Right. Lord, you <laughs> have sorry, taught Lord. me so much. And in this little thing, I right. couldn't be right. faithful. I know, this tiny little thing, you know. <laughs> it's always a walk. It's a journey. It and is. that's why we do this on Engage in Truth, to remind you not to 
to beat you down and make you feel discouraged that, oh, I'm just a bad Christian. No, we, every day we are elevated with the truth. And Paul talks about disciplining ourselves daily because tomorrow we're going to have to do it all over again. Be reminded of our mission and vision that's before us, that our words matter, that we'll be held accountable for every worthless word we speak, and that we're ambassadors for Jesus Christ. So again, I thank you for listening to Engage in Truth. We'll continue in this vein of thought discussion on conflict resolution at least next week, maybe the following week. So stay tuned. If you'd like to learn more about this ministry and Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church, go to calvaryfountain.com. And there you can learn more about all the weekly studies. And of course, Sunday morning services are 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. And we'd love to see you there. God bless you, my friends. Take care.